Welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell and I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I'm the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs and I've been in business since 1994. That's a long time in the personal training industry here, folks. Today's episode is all about setting goals. Do you set goals? Let's talk about why it's important to and the correct way to do it because believe it or not, there is a best and better way. This episode is brought to you by Jonathan and Lynn Gilden at the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. They currently have over 270 five-star, not four-star, five-star reviews on Zillow and they have over 100 million sales between the two of them. If you're looking to sell your home, or downsize and buy something new or upsize and buy something great, they're your peeps. Give them a shout, 386-451-2412 or at thegildengroup.com. So, do you set goals for your training? One of the things we always do is after a client comes in for an assessment, we set goals. Goals are very, very important. You have to have an end in mind of what you're trying to achieve to stay more objective. And I think a lot of the problems with health and fitness can be fixed with setting realistic, good goals. Now, a lot of times when people start, I'll say, so what's your goal? And they might say something funny like, look at me, I'm fat, I need to lose weight. What do you think my goal is? Ha, ha, ha. It's like, okay, you know, I get it, I get it, but we have to get more objective than just saying we want to lose weight. I mean, if I had a dollar for every time somebody said I want to lose weight and tone up, I mean, I'd still be doing this podcast. I'd still be doing personal training. So what am I kidding? I still like what I'm doing. But you know what? I may not do as much because I would be a billionaire based on that, how many people say that. It's like, Everybody says that almost. Very rarely does somebody not say that. That seems to be the thing everybody feels like they're falling short of. So we have to separate everybody and make goals. What we use in the fitness industry is called SMART goals. Specific, measurable, action-based, realistic, and timely. All right, so I'm going to go over each of those letters with you so you know how to set all of your SMART goals. All right, so the first step in goal setting is have a long-term goal. So a long-term goal can be a little more generalized, but you still, as a trainer, I should say we still will take your statements and turn it into a long-term goal, like the overall big reason. So again, most people want to lose weight, but some people might say, you know what, I want to do a physique show one day. I'd love to do a triathlon one day. I'd love to do a marathon one day. I want to lose 100 pounds. Like those are all long-term goals. Long-term goals are pretty much defined as anything from six months to 12 months. So when we meet with somebody after we do the assessment, because it's funny, 
we don't set the goals before the assessment because sometimes it changes. People might think they're really out of shape in a certain area and in great shape in another, and then we do an assessment and red flag something, and that becomes the goal. So we set our goals after an assessment. That way we can follow all of the logic of a SMART goal. So we'll set one long-term goal. If they say, well, the biggest thing I wanna do is lose weight, then okay. So we will set a long-term goal, six to 12 months, but we'll turn it into a little bit more objective than I wanna lose weight. Because what does I wanna lose weight mean? You lose one pound, oh, goal met. So after talking to them, after doing the assessment, after figuring out what their body fat levels are and all that good stuff, we'll set a long-term goal. And the long-term goal might look like lose 50 pounds, lose 60 pounds, whatever. I wanna do a marathon by the end of this year. Okay, those are long-term goals. And it's good because it gives us an initial direction to go in. But now the meat and potatoes is really made in your short-term goals. And your short-term goals, again, need to be SMART goals. The short-term goals can be anywhere from, say, four weeks to six weeks. And then you simply set new goals. And they should, of course, be related to your overall long-term goal. For example, if it's weight loss, at least one of the short-term goals, if not two, should be related to weight loss. We, of course, here, being in the fitness industry, we want to throw in some other goals that are related to it, but maybe not specific to it. For example, maybe two short-term goals on weight loss and body composition, and then maybe one on strength or blood pressure. So we want to make sure the person understands that the whole point is getting more fit and healthy all the way around. All right, so let's look at them. Specific. You want specific goals. That's the first letter, right? S, S, smart, specific. The goals need to be specific, not just, well, I want to lose weight. Okay, well, specifically, how much do you need to lose? I want to run faster. Hmm, okay, that's a great goal. What do you mean by that? Do you want to be able to run a 5K? Do you want to be a better sprinter? Like, what does that mean to you? So we have to get specific. A lot of times, clients who are coming to a gym don't know these things, and they don't know the difference, and it's up to us to help them write these goals. So it has to be specific to what you are trying to accomplish. The more specific, the more likely you are to hit it. I always say, if you can measure it, you can change it. If you can't measure it and you don't really know what you're going after, how are you going to change it? That's such an arbitrary thing you might be chasing. Chasing. Second thing is measurable, like I just said. Specific, measurable, smart goals. Can you measure it? I want to lose weight. Great. How much? Well, I haven't been on a scale. How many times do I hear that? Um, now, how are we going to lose weight if we don't know how much you weigh? So it has to be measurable. Now, again, when it comes to body composition, the most important thing is muscle mass to lean mass. So I'm not saying it has to be about weight, but weight is a pretty good indicator, but no, it's not the, it's not the finality of it. So 
The, the specific and measurable one on that might be fat mass. We check body fat, we realize they have 36 pounds, say a fat mass, and that could be good or that could not be so good. It just depends on the person's body weight, right? And we might say, well, we wanna lose fat mass by six pounds. So that's specific and measurable. You have to put a number on it. You have to, you have to, it has to be measurable. It can't just be, I wanna look better. Well, where? My arms, okay. I mean, yeah, pictures can be okay and all that, but you measure it. So if that's one of the goals, somebody says, I wanna lose inches, well, hello. You get out the tape measure and you take the measurements in the places that they're most interested in. And if you're a good trainer focusing on wellness, you get more than that because again, you're trying to get them sort of out of their own ideas and frame it in the way of total health and fitness, okay? The third letter, A, action-based, action-based. So you have to have control over it. If it's something out of your control, that's what the action-based is. Can you take action? Is it in your control to change it? If it's not, then we don't set that as a goal. For example, if somebody says, well, I want to win my division in a bodybuilding contest, or I want to win my division in a triathlon or a 5K or a marathon. Um, well, do you have some control over that? Yeah, but just you, you have no control over the competition. So as a good trainer and coach, I would say, no, we're not gonna set that goal. That That's a goal we can't set. You have no control over that action. You could be, the best you've ever been and show up to something and an ex-pro is next to you competing and most likely you're not going to beat them. So no, it's got to be within your control. So an action-based one could be, I want to get faster, I want to get specifically faster, and I want to be faster than I've ever been because that could potentially be in their control. Potentially. All right. And then the next one kind of um, picks up on that a little bit, all right? And that is realistic. Is the goal realistic? So just staying on top of that last running example. Somebody says, I want to be faster than I've ever been. Okay, so the action, do they have control over their own fitness? Yes, that's true. So everything still adds up. But then we get to realistic and say, well, like how fast were you? Well, when I was in my 20s, I was an All-American. Um, at this particular sport, yes. Okay, we're not gonna get faster 25 years later than you were when you were an All-American. Okay, that is not realistic. So the goal has to be realistic. Most psychologists and goal-setting experts say it should be challenging, but in reach. Challenging, possible, and in reach. Now, long-term goals can be a little more out of reach but you want the short-term goals to be definitely reachable because you can get very discouraged if you shoot for something, do your best, and don't make the goal. So it's gotta be realistic. I'll give you a little story on that. Years ago when I still had my gym in the flying, I had a woman contact me, and this was back in the dark ages of just the telephone, and kind of told me over the phone what she was looking to do and wanted to lose weight. She said she had some ideas in mind of what she wanted to accomplish, and wanted to do a consult. I said, okay. 
So she comes in and she's got like a notebook with her. She looked very thorough, very ready, very motivated. And, and those are all great things. Sits down, tells me that she wants to lose weight and she's got a picture of what she's looking to achieve and also a weight mile. Now, just from, you know, appearance of not doing any numbers yet, not doing any weight, body fats, anything, she was obese and it was evident she was obese. Um, so she shows me the pictures and she, she pulled literally some people off of like fitness magazines or cosmetolitan. I mean, we're talking like the really thin fitness or just thin beauties and, uh, you know, super fit beauty doesn't have anything to do with it, but super fit, super thin, you know? And then she said, and I want to lose like a hundred pounds to get there. And I said, okay. So, so let me ask you something. I said, what was the lowest weight you ever were when you were in, say, high school and college age? Because she was probably at the time in her 40s. And she said a number that wasn't that far. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it wasn't that far from where she currently was. So she was always been, she's always, she always fought obesity and uh, it, it was always high. And I said, okay, so... I have to be professional and do my job here. That's not going to happen. You're not going to achieve a weight you've never ever achieved in your life 20 years ago when the genetics are not in your favor regarding this. Now, she was not offended or anything. Um, she, you know, looked a little disappointed, but she seemed surprised that a professional had never told her that before. I said, you can absolutely lose weight you can absolutely become the best you can be. And you can absolutely get healthy, which is the most important thing. Meaning, we don't have to go from morbidly obese to, you know, obese. We can go from morbidly obese to, you know, overweight and being a little overweight. You can still become very healthy because remember, the weight is what precedes the other issues like hypertension, high cholesterol, um, high triglycerides and all the other problems, right? So studies have found that if somebody goes from obese to just a little overweight or overweight, they've already improved their lipid profiles dramatically and brought their blood pressures down. So I told her all that, you know, and so I said, you know, take the focus off these magazine covers and focus more on what's very achievable for you. Because the problem is if you let somebody live an unrealistic dream like that, they're only they're going to get so far. They're going to get six months in, and they're going to quit. I don't really remember what her end game was. Like I don't know that she trained very long because I do think she had unrealistic expectations. But this is a good story about what realistic is. Your goals have to be realistic, good, smart goals. Finally, timely. The T, meaning you have to put an end date to it. There has to be an end game. You know, you can't say, well, I want to lose five pounds one day. Okay, what's one day? There needs to be a little bit pressure for the goals to really, really mean something to you. So there has to be that time component to it. And again, we like four to six weeks typically for, for short-term goals. And you could say, you know, I want to lose six pounds in six weeks. Perfect. Let's do it. That, you know... That right there is a great goal, right? Six pounds in six weeks. Tell me where that doesn't fall into any of the letters of SMART, right? 
It's specific, it's measurable, it's action-based, it's realistic, and it's timely. I want to increase my leg extension strength by 20 pounds in two months. I'm currently at 60, I wanna be doing 80 for my reps. Great, that's a smart goal, it works. I want to be able to run my mile in 10 minutes. I currently can do a 10 minute, 40 second mile, okay. In six weeks, I want to lower that. I just started running doable. Absolutely. That is a good, smart goal. All right. So hopefully you learned something about goal setting today. We use them. Again, typically here at the gym, we like to have one long-term goal, the general direction of where we're going. And then I like to set three short-term goals with the client, with them sitting right there because you want them to have buy-in in it. It can't be my goals for them. It's got to be their goals. All right, so it's a good time to thank our second sponsor here, Istanbul Turkish Mediterranean Cuisine. They have great vegetarian options, great healthy options. Give them a try. Give them a shout. They are located at 488 South Young Street, Ormond Beach, Florida, 32174, and you can place an order at IstanbulFlorida.com. Until next time, be max fit and be max well.